this is Typical Lydia, and today on Dead Cells, we are talking about High School of the Dead. This is a 2010 anime released by Madhouse, who has brought us some of my most favorite titles. Ninja Scroll, Death Note, Demon City Shinjuku, Wicked City, and even one of the oldest titles I recall off the top, A Wind Named Amnesia which was the first time I recall seeing really realistic landscape and really one of the most beautiful animes of its time. Now realize it's been over 20 years since I watched that, and I haven't seen it since. It's something I'll have to do since it's great to compare the modern CG and some of the more beautiful films and the series that have come out since. Now High School of the Dead, while not without its bouncy, pouncy, zombie-killing charm, is not a beautiful anime. It is a gritty, crazy, loud, and sexy ball of fun with zombies. But before we get into fun, I want to touch on zombies for a second. I'm not a huge zombie fan, but I really do wish there were more zombie anime. They lend themselves wonderfully to the genre, and while there is an overabundance of zombie TV, film, and literature, not many anime exist. I mean, is this a zombie is too much of a harem comedy to fall under the dead cells umbrella of mainly horror, gore, and darkness. There are a handful of zombie manga, but few have been adapted into anime. Not sure why. I've largely resisted the tide in my own writing since it's just not for me. There are numerous submission calls on a weekly basis for authors who wish to write all manner of zombie stories, and for those interested, I have published one. There's another half-written one that needs a load of research to polish, but my only entry into the zombie genre remains Crocodile Rot. The inspiration for that story came from abuse of the drug Crocodile, which renders users into zombies in more ways than one. If interested, the print version can be obtained in Dark Moon Digest 10, and you can listen to me read it to you on SoundCloud, or if you drop me a line, I can send you a copy of Crocodile Rot. There's no horror anime news this time around since I've been busy with a second draft edit of Night Face 2 and watching films for Dead Air Podcast, part of SplatterPictures.net, which I co-host with my partner in grime, Wes Dead Air Nipe. My day job consists of writing the occasional article on television shows, usually of the dark and horror type, so I've been watching some stuff for that. But by and large, I've been deep, deep into other podcasts. Not only my most favorite of all, Bind Torture Cast, which is the number one super best lucky horror podcast in the whole universe, but a podcast that Chris, the host of BTK, turned me on to, which is Sword and Scale. Now, I am a huge true crime fan, and podcasts on the topic get me hooked pretty deep. Generation Y, Dark City, Last Podcast on the Left, they've been swallowing my time, along with True Crime with Dan Zipansky and Darkness Radio with Darkness Dave, they're my go-tos. But Sword and Scale really knocks it out of the park. So if you're into that, check it out. For anime podcasts, the only one I can really stick with is Anime Addicts Anonymous, which cover anime, Japanese culture, and anime news in depth. I love that show. But for horror, it has to be BTK. If you recall the last episode on Devilman being suggested by Chris, I watch a hell of a lot more suggestions that come from his show. Each episode can turn into a horror film rabbit hole, since they not only cover news and upcoming releases, but during discussion they drop film titles like Panties on a Change Room Floor. Or like Panties in High School of the Dead for that matter, which we see a hell of a lot of. 
So yeah, High School of the Dead began as a manga written by Datsuki Sato and illustrated by Soji Sato from 2006 until going on indefinite hiatus in mid-2013. The anime was directed by Tetsuo Arakai, who worked with Madhouse previously on Death Note and recently with Wit Studio for Attack on Titan. Anime News Network describes the story, It's the end of the world. A virus that turns people into the walking dead who feast on the flesh of the living has been unleashed and things are rapidly going to hell. The plague strikes Fujimi High School where unlikely hero Takashi Komuro, genius Saya, estranged love interest Rei, sword-wielding Busijima, Hirano the gun otaku, and high school nurse of below-average intelligence need to escape the school and head for the city where their parents might still be alive. Thank you, Anime News Network. I was lent a copy of this a few years ago by fellow, though far more serious, journalist, anime fan, and gamer James Kulik. I loved it instantly, even though he did, in his chivalrous, though not really caring manner, warn me of the explicit nature of the series. Explicit it is, though I would not say it's outwardly pornographic. This is a common complaint. Somehow it seems that horror fans don't like the illicit fusion of sex appeal and horror, which sounds really weird to say since so much of horror relies on sex to catch you off guard and really sell that money shot or that headshot, as the case may be. There is a lot of tits in this show. Like, a lot. More tits in this little series than in any horror film I've ever seen. They're encased for the most part, but jiggle, squish, bounce, they're just in your face in nearly every scene. Sorry you've been so used to having the dirty pillows all strapped in and contained. Newsflash boobs bounce. If you have anything over a b-cup and don't have them in a fabric underwire carefully padded fucking cage, it's really like two mad cats in a sack. If it isn't boobies, it's panties, like whoa. Or not whoa. It's actually kind of nice to see bras and panties normalized to such a degree that they become benign. It's part of the female landscape in this series. Where most of the characters are women, only two males really take up any notable screen time. This series surpasses the laughable Bechdel test by having multiple female leads who barely talk about men and act with their own purpose throughout. Not to mention, they're all startlingly unique personalities and most of them kick so much zombie ass that it's insane. As summed up by the most relatable female, Takashi's childhood friend and true love interest, Rei, when he deems her reasoning behind finally falling for him of being too raw, she replies, because women are raw. And I like that. I like that a lot. And it sums up a lot of their reasoning throughout the series to that point. It isn't this echo chamber of why women are so often portrayed as, quote, strong, unquote, because they're sensitive or have female intuition or are mothers or have an elevated sense of sisterhood or because they're anything other than simply human. It is because they're raw. Normally, this is a trait that's attributed to men. And because these women are all boobs and panties and excited womenly noises, as much as they are javelins, swords, guns, fists, and smarts, it's because they are raw that they've made it this far. Now, raw is a great word to describe a lot of this. The animation is superb, though not highly detailed, and rather, well, raw. The angles, the palette, the soundtrack all harken to an action and street fight anime. While the story borrows a little from Walking Dead, 28 Days Later, and your favorite upbeat harem anime. Speaking of borrowing soundtracks and 28 Days Later, 
While almost all the music in this is unique, and every episode has a different and appropriate closing theme, there is a song in the first episode that is used to great effect. The moment that our hero, Takashi, must dispatch his first human. It is the watershed moment. The decision to take a life by choice before he's forced to take them for survival. It is a decision made in nearly every single zombie story. While this dreaded situation is playing out, and his old classmate is advancing, Takashi finally and reluctantly raises his weapon. It is a heartbreaking moment, and the driving instrumental score in the background is In the House in a Heartbeat by John Murphy, a song made absolutely famous as part of the 28 Days Later soundtrack. According to the Wikipedia listing for this song, its appearance here is an unofficial arrangement, and I'd like to think that some compensation was earned, since it's not a diegetic sound moment, and a very large portion of the song was used. Now, I've noticed songs in other horror anime that reminded me very much of other music used in horror film, but this is the first time that a song has actually been shared, so I'm curious about the decision to include it. Not that it doesn't work. It works wonders for a very sad and very intense moment. I'm just curious. The series opening theme song is High School of the Dead by Kashida Keodan and the Akabashi Rockets. I enjoyed it very much and basically let the credits roll with each episode, something that I have often skipped to save time when watching an entire series. But with this, not only is the end theme unique to every episode and loosely part of the story, the title sequence song is pretty cool too. Now the rest of the series, as they escape the school and cope with finding transportation, ammo, fend off other survivors, and deal constantly with slaughtering zombies, it is very well done. For an overused plot, it feels fresh. There's nothing about using a variety of weapons to kill hordes of the undead, or them as they call them in High School of the Dead. There's nothing new about sniping groaning bastards from the rooftop. There's a lot to be said for the style and attitude of this show. It's super sexy without being sleazy. The action is quick and dirty. Now the gore is really front-loaded. I found myself wishing and hoping by the last few episodes for a return to the horde and the brutality of the first few episodes which are really unrelenting with the panicked head smashing and brain killing going on. The gore hound in me felt there was a little bait and switch at play since there is more skulls exploding to start and it kind of peters out. The further you go into the show the more kills are hidden, crafty cuts, undead being blasted off screen, objects and scenery obscuring the view. Maybe this gets old to some people, but not to me. Then maybe I suppose it was as fun for those who enjoyed the boobs and panty shots that they played peekaboo with and teased us with for the kills to be teased just as much. Again with the boobs. I must say, while the first few episodes are really all kinds of goodies for gore hounds, episode 6 is full of fan service. The series accused of being wall-to-wall fan service and nothing but naughty, I didn't really get that feeling. It is a harem anime as much as it is a zombie horror anime, but the only really porn-ridden and ridiculous episode is six. So forewarned is foreboobed in this case. In the way that I often warn others of animal violence, I will warn that if you don't like rampant shots of women in compromising positions, panties galore, and magnificent malleable mounds of memory madness, then you're gonna have a bad time. Granted, in this particular bit of slippery sexiness, it happens when the group is by and large safe for the first time since the outbreak. It is a zero-day tale. And of course, the first chance they get to relax, get bathed, and be human, they take it. 
They're also high school students, so you gotta roll with it. Also, the boys are basically absent. One is busy rescuing a little girl, and the other is busy covering his gutsy ass with a rifle. So there's that. Chalk it up to women being raw. There's very little chance for them to relax. Not until the last few episodes are they technically safe again for even a short while. And of course, like any good zombie story, that is rife with societal expectations, grown-ups being dogmatic, the political and industrial infrastructure as we know it crumbling, and our now beloved characters completing their very abrupt, though actually very rich, story arcs of their own. As this is really an action-packed 12-episode gauntlet, we've only really learned about them on the fly, and only very few expositional scenes. High School of the Dead is all about show, and not so much about the tell, which chalks up to an extremely well-wrought story time. There is a 2011 OVA called Drifters of the Dead, which I've not watched, but eventually will, as I will be adding this to my small but select permanent collection as it comes bundled in the High School of the Dead, Drifters of the Dead edition, which is available all over the internet and certainly at your favorite comic book shop. The series proper will run you about 300 minutes, and as each episode is under a half an hour, and that includes intro, outro, and a little recap, it's not all that time-consuming and well worth it, if you're in it for the gams, the guts, or the glory. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope you get a charge out of High School of the Dead as I do. Next on Dead Cells, in no particular order, Ghost Hunt. It's a really great paranormal horror that I adore. Pet Shop of Horrors is a really compelling title, though I've really been wanting to sink my teeth into yet another vampire anime. If there's something you think I should be watching, let me know here in the comments, on nightface.ca, at typical Lydia on Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, or wherever you hang out online.